This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter the offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. Hello and welcome to I Want to Like You, a weekly podcast from Real Simple about how to handle the irritating people in your life with goodwill and grace. I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. I am the editor of Real Simple. And with me today is Lisa Gachet, who is the founder and CEO of Beverly Hills Manors. And I'm happy to say has been a guest on this podcast before. So hi, Lisa. Hello, and thank you for having me once again. So Lisa, as you know, and so for our listeners, I will say this week we are talking about people who give unsolicited advice. Yes. And so what I'm going to do in this podcast is is call it the Kristen Van Ogtrop Rehabilitation Project <laughs> because I am so 100% guilty of this behavior. And right. when I think about this, I was thinking about over the President's Day vacation because mm-hmm. New York City Publics or New York Public Schools have Vacation President's Week. Right. I was with my kids and we were on this like Parks and Rec binge. And I was, I was a very kind of dipping in and out Parks and Rec watcher when Parks and Rec was actually on the air. But... We were watching the episode towards the end where Rashida Jones was pregnant, and she's complaining about, as as I certainly did as a pregnant woman, and many pregnant women are justified in doing, about all the indignities of pregnant life. And so Rob Lowe, the father of the child, keeps trying to fix the problem. Right. And 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 so her friends have an intervention with him, and say that he just basically needs to say that sucks. Like, he just has to listen to her and say that sucks. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, this, I mean, you wouldn't think that you would get life-changing wisdom from Parks and Rec, but I think <laughs> I may have, because I don't say that sucks, and I immediately go into fix-it mode. So, Right, right. First of all, are you like this? Are you? Do you need rehabilitation? No, you're an etiquette expert. You probably know exactly well, what to say. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I do. I think I do have a better practice in terms of when to hold my tongue, because I'm so used to putting myself, you know, because I teach basically to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Right. And I think oftentimes, you know, or sometimes there can be an ulterior ulterior motive attached to the unsolicited advice. You know, you never know what's going on in the head of the person who's giving it. So I always try and put myself in the other perspective in terms of the receiving of that advice. And so I do tend to try and look at the situation from above rather than just blurt out. But that's just because I've practiced it. Not that I don't want to constantly, right? right? Yeah. Okay, so here's a question for you. How do you know when the person you're talking to wants advice. Like, I just launch right in. Right, right. You know? How do you know if they are going to be receptive? Do you have to wait for them to say, I could really use your advice on this, Lisa? Or or do you you pick up on some kind of either physical or conversational cues? Yes, there is. There are actually a few conversational cues. I mean, the first one is that, you know, what you said, you know, well, two things. Either they'll just flat out say, that they are seeking advice. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oftentimes we see this with friends. You know, friends are all about basically taking turns helping fix each other's problems. So 
a friend might come up to you and say, look, you know, I'm trying, trying to work something out here. Can you please help me figure this out? And they're asking for the advice outright. The other one is where you ask the question. They share something with you, and you say, look, you know, would you like me to give you some advice on this? So those two scenarios. And then the third one is, is that, you know, if you have someone who's sharing something personal with you, then that sometimes can be, you know, perceived as an opening mm-hmm. to just give advice. Because oftentimes if somebody is close to the vest and not sharing, there is no opening. You have no idea what's going on. But if they're revealing something, then they may not know how to ask. And so some people feel inclined to just give, to offer. That's where you may be coming from. So... No, my motives are not nearly as pure oh. as that, but we can get back to that in a second. <laughs> okay. Do you – so can you give an example of someone who they're sharing something super personal and just by dint of the fact that it's something really personal, they want advice? Like what do you I – don't, I don't totally know what you mean. Well, if they're sharing something personal, like a lot of people have relationship issues. So if someone is sharing something personal about their relationship, oftentimes they're stuck. And they, you know, that's in an area where they, they need to just get it out. And so someone who is a close friend or family member may feel very inclined to step in and offer some piece of advice, especially also if you are the type of person who does this repeatedly. Maybe you complain, maybe you vent on a regular basis. So that might be a signal to those, clo- you know, your inner circle that, you're seeking advice or that they feel comfortable offering that unsolicited advice. So if you're someone who complains about something repeatedly, like, you know, my husband is a procrastinator. Right. And it's kind of a theme of of your relationship. Right. How do your friends know that that just because you repeat it, then it suddenly falls into the realm of they should tell you what to do? Well, if they don't want advice, you know, sometimes people will share and they've already figured out a solution. Oh, right. And they will work that into their share. So if they're presenting the problem and along, right along with the solution, then you know they just want to sort of tell their story, right. but they're not looking for you to add or to fix or to help or to give, you know, any kind of strategy. So that's one way that we can tell that they're not looking for anything extra right. for you to add. Okay, so here's why I'm the super, super, super irritating person <laughs> the, and, uh, in this equation. Because I give unsolicited advice because I am a bossy oldest child in my mm-hmm. family, right. and I think I have the right answer. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I'm the oldest as well. Yeah, horrible, right? Yeah. But but I'm and by admitting it, it doesn't actually make me any less horrible. Right. I'm just I'm just admitting that I'm horrible in this way. So, right. you know, how do you if you're talking to me and I want to jump in because I'm bossy and I think I know the, exactly what you should do? Mm-hmm. How do you say to me? Okay, knock it off. Or like before I even launch into it, how do you make sure I keep my mouth shut? Well, first of all, if you're if you want to sort of block it before it even happens, you have to that's when you want to keep the conversation basically neutral, very surface, okay. and almost steering the topics to sort of general or current events and really laying off the personal subjects. 
because once we open up, you know, our wounds, it's sort of like a free-for-all for everyone. Yeah. So that's one way. Okay, wait, um, so, sorry, sorry to interrupt okay. you. So basically, to the Kristen in your life. Yes. Don't vent or complain. Like, don't even go there. Yeah. Like, oh. you know you know who those people are in your inner circle that just love to help and fix. Right. And can't help themselves. And you, so you know who to divulge to, and you know who to kind of keep things close to the vest and where you don't want to let that circle in because you know, like I said, it's just going to be a constant just debate and challenge, and they're going to ask questions and try and fix, fix until the end of the day. Right. So that's one way is just to keep those conversations rather neutral. And then the other one, as I said before, is just to when you are speaking, if you do want to share, make sure you offer that solution along with your share. So that, again, there's no, you know, adding on or fixing in that scenario. And then finally, you know, again, if you have a history, you know, we have history with family and with friends and with certain family and friends. So if you have a history with certain people where they know you to complain about money all the time, let's say, then don't do that with those friends Mm -hmm. because that's going to be the opening for them to then, you know, glom on the unsolicited advice. Okay. What about this? Those are all excellent. What about could you say to a person, can you, I, just, I just need to vent? Yeah, absolutely. Like, so, so set it up as a, I don't want your help. Exactly. I just really need someone to listen to me. I, I, I'm telling you, it took me, it took me probably 15 years of being married to my husband to right. realize he actually doesn't want me to solve anything, <laughs> you know, but, but it took a really long time it of him having to listen to me, yes, telling him how to fix things, and then me getting mad that mm-hmm. he wasn't that he wasn't fixing things in the way that I suggest. Right, and and there's a couple of things here. You know, number one, when when people share the majority of the time. All they want from the other person, and believe me, I have a lot of trouble with this myself, is they just want someone to commiserate. They just want someone to say, you know, just to, to sort of acknowledge them where they are and empathize, console, and, uh, you know, instead of just saying, you know, do this, do that, and, and give them some sort of fix-it solution. And one of the benefits, actually, and you can let you know, let me know if this has helped you when you've sort of learned how to Once not I'm rehabilitated. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, one of the benefits is really that you know, and we have so much trouble with this anyway in today's technological world, mm-hmm. um, is that if we don't dole out the unsolicited advice, which oftentimes we're formulating in our head while the person is still speaking, right? Right. right. Then we can kind of get into this which I hope will be my next title of a book, Mindful Manners, Uh type of situation where we can be present in our conversations and our interactions rather than, you know, sort of thinking about what we're going to say and all the ways we're going to fix that person. We can just kind of be with them. Right. It reminds me of that famous quote. I think it's Fran Leibowitz maybe who said this, the opposite of talking is not listening. The opposite of talking is waiting. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we so know listening is, is You have one to of learn the, to listen and exact, not just wait and it's, to talk. Right? <laughs> and all we're doing is talking, talking, talking. Everything you hear from everyone across any field nowadays mm-hmm. is to listen. And that's what people 
who are sharing want the most. They want someone to just hold them and say, you're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And why do you think that is? Like, why do you think we don't want unsolicited advice? Why does that rankle you if someone is giving you unsolicited advice? Right. I, you know, because it, it makes us feel wrong. Oh. It makes us feel, uh, you know, ashamed in some way that we're failing, I think, because usually it's a problem that feels so weighty mm-hmm. and unfixable. And it's it's just eating at us. And we're trying and, and, you know, really, you know, just rising with trying to figure out how to deal with something. And so I think that when, you know, we divulge something that's oftentimes very personal and we can't figure out a solution, mm-hmm. it feels just very, it's just, it's the worst. It's the worst feeling ever. And when no one likes to feel that way, we all want to feel successful. Yeah. We all want to feel happy. And we all want to feel like we know how to solve all of those little problems. And it's the little problems that eat away. And it's the little problems are the things that you get the most unsolicited advice over, you know? Right. I just wonder if people actually don't give as much unsolicited advice about big problems because those are so hard, much harder to understand. They, they are. They are. And, you know, and there's also, like I was saying before, sometimes there's, ulterior motives. You never know sometimes where that unsolicited advice is coming from. And sometimes it's unfortunate, but I think in our innermost circles, sometimes there's more license from family and friends to give unsolicited advice that, I mean, I wouldn't say, you know, obviously your family hopefully has your best interest at heart, but sometimes friends, you don't know where Mm -hmm. that's coming from. And if it's always the best advice or if it's passive aggressive unsolicited advice. Mm -hmm. I hate to say that, but I feel like sometimes people have other reasons for giving you certain advice. And sometimes people give advice that is unwarranted. They have no track record for giving you that advice. And you, you know, you just want to sort of laugh. So despite the fact, or maybe because of the fact that I have teenage children, I've always been really, really scared of building my own website because it seems so incredibly daunting. It seems like something I need to do and something I'm incapable of doing. But when the day comes, and they're not going to be teenagers forever, so it's going to come soon, when I have to build my own website, I know where I'm going to go, which is to Squarespace. Why? Squarespace makes it incredibly easy. Their sites are really, really beautiful, which is someone who's been the editor of Real Simple for a long time is extremely important to me. So they look professionally designed. You don't have to know how to code, which I can hardly spell, much less do. And the tools are intuitive and easy to use. Start your free trial site today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. You're probably, as many of us are, surrounded by people who are full of advice, whether you want it or not. Yes. Who do you go to when when you don't want to vent and you really want advice? Like, how do you decide who in your life, how how does one decide in their circle of friends and family? Right. Who are the people who are actually going to give you good advice? I actually have different people that I seek different advice from. Mm -hmm. And I think this may be common for many. If I want business advice, I have my business friends. I don't go to my social friends for business advice for the most part and vice versa. But sometimes I also 
like to get or prefer to get advice from those that aren't in my closest inner circle because maybe they know me too well. Right. And so, for example, I was at a um, a tea uh, just recently, and I had had a you know a rough morning with my oldest teenage daughter. Mm-hmm. And, Shocking! Really? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, teenage, does that happen? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just an, everything they say is true. Yes. So went to the tea that was a bunch of mothers and daughters, and I actually got into a conversation. There was an opening in the conversation, and I shared what had happened to us that morning Mm -hmm. with a mom who I've probably only said a few words to in the past. But because she was so open and smiling, I felt comfortable sharing, Mm -hmm. and she actually gave me some great advice that helped me see things a little bit more from my daughter's perspective versus just our sort of history and me wanting to just tell her the way it is because I'm the mom. Right. So I think coming from her, I I actually digested that advice a lot better than if it had come from a friend. (laughs) And this is terrible to say, but I feel like sometimes, you know, our friends that just know us the best, it almost feels like a family member telling you something you already know. Right. And you don't, you know, when I hear my daughter, my same teenage daughter will say to me when she hears a piece of unsolicited advice from me, mm-hmm. she'll get annoyed and basically say to me, she knows that I'm right, but just because I said it, she purposely is not going to follow it. Yeah. And I, I think know. it's the same. Am I wrong? I feel like sometimes this can happen between adults. That even if they know that your advice is good. Mm-hmm. They don't want to take it. Well, it's just it feels like maybe a little it's a bit. a pride thing. Yes. Or they know you so well, too well. Yeah. So sometimes I do seek new people for fresh advice. Well, and also, like, the mom you mentioned in that story doesn't know your daughter, right? Right, exactly. So There's she no doesn't history. have an opinion about your daughter. And, and here's the thing. With the people who give the unsolicited advice, I think there's something important. I think they need to give that without any attachment and okay. without so any what do you, like what do you mean well just that you know sometimes people will give advice solicited or otherwise and there's a real attachment to it where they're going to follow up and they want right. to make sure and they take it personally if you don't take that advice yes so it's nice when someone will give you that advice but without that attachment you know what I'm saying? Without yeah. that sort of history and connection so that you can do with it what you will. Okay, so I want to I just want to wrap things up with a with a fun a, a little funny story that my mother told me last night. Okay. Which might actually explain why I have this issue. Uh-huh. So my mom is 70 77, I guess. And she was, and but still skiing. And so she was skiing a couple of weeks. I know she's there. She's amazing. Fabulous. And so she was skiing. She was running skis from this place. And there was this young guy. I forget. I can't remember his name. Let's call him Tommy. Tommy was renting to her. Okay. And so she got to talking to Tommy, and and they kind of struck up this little friendship because every day she would go in for like five days in a row and pick up her skis from Tommy. Mm -hmm. And so she said to Tommy, Tommy, do you – she was asking him questions about himself, where he was from, blah, blah, blah. And she said, do you have a grandmother? Because at one point he was kind of teasing her a little bit in a way that she found a little bit inappropriate. And she's like, you're being nasty to me. And then Mm -hmm. they became like best friends. Like she Mm -hmm. called him on it and then they – anyway – so he said, yes, I have a grandmother. And so every day when she would go in to get her skis, she would say to him, did you call your grandmother? 
And he would say, no, no, I didn't. So then then my mother was in the grocery store, and she bought a Valentine's Day card for Tommy's grandmother. And she, oh, took, it back, she took it back to the ski shop, and she left it in his cubby. Oh. And he wasn't there that day, but she said to the manager, Will you, does Tommy have a cubby? And she gave him a card to send to his grandmother. And the next day she came in, and she said, did you get the card? And he said, yeah, you know, yes, thank you for the card. But so she obviously had a very strong opinion about what Tommy should do in that situation. Wow. Now, that, was, that wasn't really advice, but that was, I'm going to tell you what to do. It explains my DNA a little bit, maybe. That is too funny, first of all. I love that. I mean, because she's thinking from her perspective right. as the grandmother, how lovely it would be for my grandson to send a Valentine's Day card. Right. Telling me because he, he's thinking of me. So hopefully, if I live to be 77, I'll do the same thing. Exactly. You know, look, it, she did it with only the greatest of intentions, right? Right. And most people, you know, we, we hope that, you know, that they, the advice is genuine. They really, really, really just want to help some other person in their time of struggle. Okay. So last question for you. Do you, Lisa Gachet, have any advice for me how I can, moving forward, mm-hmm try to curb this behavior in myself? Okay, so I think that the best way for you to do this would be to take a breath mm-hmm. and to put yourself in the other person's shoes and practice receiving the advice that you would be giving to them and see how you hear it. So if you think that you hear it and you don't hear it as patronizing or not that you would ever be bossy or passive-aggressive. Oh, I would actually negative. do both of those things probably, okay, all well, of those things. Okay, but then putting yourself in the other person's shoes and seeing how that feels, mm-hmm. I think will help you at least formulate your advice in a way that will be received most welcomingly. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. And as in so many cases... With dealing with the people in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Irritating or not. Yes. You just have to think of, you know, put yourself in their shoes and think it's not about you. It's the easiest way. And that's the thing, too. It's so not about you. And again, just you finding yourself in those moments and, you know, snap your fingers, whatever you have to do, get present. Yeah. If you get present in that relationship, then you're just listening. You're not trying to fix. You're not formulating suggestions in your head, ready to spew them out. Yeah. So we've had some excellent advice today from Lisa Gachet, who is the founder and CEO of Beverly Hills Manors. Lisa, thank you so much for being here again. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Next, until next time with you. Our producer is Kristen Meinzer. Our editor is Tim Einenkel. And Caitlin Peary helps me with this podcast at The Real Simple End. Please let us know what you think of this show. Our Twitter handle is at Real Simple, or you can tweet ideas for this podcast directly to me at KVanOctrop. For more on irritating people and how to handle them, go to realsimple.com. And of course, please subscribe to us in iTunes. For Lisa Gachet, I'm Kristen Van Ogtrop. Thanks for joining us.